0: The scripture lesson is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, and his brother's son Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in that land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar for the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, be- God.
1: you can and let us pray oh god by your grace and mercy continue to speak to each one of us that word you would most have us hear. steal from us god any worries or distractions or burdens that would prevent us from hearing that word of love and grace and invitation that you yearn to speak and we pray this all in jesus name amen I have discovered that many people, once they reach their 40s or their 50s, give serious thought and energy to planning for retirement. There are countless YouTube videos that give what is billed as essential guidance on how to get ready for it, how to transition into it, and how to have a happy, healthy, and successful retirement. Videos such as The Four Phases of Retirement, Seven Vital Retirement Purchases, Six Secrets to Living Well in Retirement, and the one that really grabbed my attention, Two Shocking Truths You Will Discover Six Months After Retirement. (laughs) I know some of you are tempted to pull out your phones right now and check those videos out at this very moment. I hope you will check them out, but not until after the service is over. Now, between those videos and the books, the TED Talks, the podcasts and seminars and everything else, there is a booming industry eager to give us coaching and inspiration on how to enjoy what is perceived by some as that slower-paced and freedom-filled chapter of life that we think of as retirement that time of greater freedom and independence, a time of hanging out with grandkids and playing golf and taking long, postponed vacations, that time of doing more of whatever it is you want to do, all of which makes it so unexpected in our text this morning when Abraham receives a call from God at age 75. 75. Abraham begins the most pivotal and defining chapter of his life at that very moment when he likely believed that the active days, the most important days, the ones that had the most impact on others, on his community and world, were behind him. That days when he was responding to the call of God most boldly and faithfully were behind him. That's likely what he thought. But God had other plans in mind for Abraham. Bigger and bolder plans, just as is often the case for us. In our passage this morning that Ken, who I want to acknowledge is a little bit older than Abraham was in that narrative. In that passage, God calls Abraham. He calls him to leave his country His kindred, all that is safe and familiar to him, to go to a new place where he will lead and serve. All in order to be a blessing to others. In verse 4 it says, So Abraham went as the Lord told him. There was no debate or discussion, no negotiation, no hemming and hawing, no contracts or compensation packages, no excuses. God called him, and he went. Note also that ultimately this call is not about Abraham. God makes clear that Abraham will be blessed to be a blessing It's a profoundly important detail. God calls Abraham, he promises his faithfulness that he will be present to him. He calls him that he might minister to and serve others. Abraham is chosen not for his own sake, not because of how well he did or didn't live his life up to that point, not because of the depth of his faith or those moments that his faith wavered, He's chosen in order to be a blessing to others. And it happens at a point in his life when it was the last thing he would have expected. And what I wonder is, might his story have more in common than you think with your story? He was called by God to serve, to make a difference for the kingdom at an unexpected time in his life. Amidst any fears or anxieties that he had, he responded responded swiftly without debate or delay. And God showed up to sustain him and bless him, that he might be an unexpected blessing to others. Ultimately, his call story is not about him, It is about the others whom God calls him to serve. He was 75 at a time when most people did not live to anywhere close to that and the most important chapter of his life was just beginning. I wonder if you saw the lead article on the cover of yesterday's Star-Ledger. New Jersey pilot 86, gearing up to fly around the world for the fourth time. It was the inspiring story of 86 year old retired dentist from Edison named Ed Galkin, scheduled to take off this morning at 8 30 from Hillsborough Airport for a 22,000 mile, two month long flight around the globe. Trey's money and awareness for Alzheimer's disease, a disease his beloved brother died of. He'll have a co-pilot on the trip, a young guy, just 64 years old. (laughs) Makes me think of a couple in our church. When they retired many years ago, you know what the first thing they did was? They made a two-plus-year commitment to serving with the Peace Corps. Incredible. I think of a 79 year old member of our church who is considering working as a substitute teacher in the schools in our community. At 79, he wants to make a difference. He wants to be a light of hope and encouragement for those kids and there's no doubt in my mind that they will be blessed to have him there. I think of how a good portion of our elders and deacons and trustees and choir members and so many others who make our ministry a reality, it would not happen without them. They are over that magic age where you become eligible for social security. A magic age I'm getting closer and closer to myself every day. Have you experienced in your life that clock time what theologians call chronos is often a poor reference point for the important things that are actually going on. More times than not, life seems to unfold in God's time, what we call kairos. Have you experienced that? Might you be experiencing it even right now? What I mean is life seems to unfold in surges, often surprisingly, more than in an orderly and predictable sequence following the movement of a clock or a calendar. The grass is green now when just a couple of weeks ago it was brown, I looked at that person I dearly love or that relationship I am in and I am struck by that person or that relationship being in a vastly different place than it was what feels like just a short time ago in our faith life and in all of life. Life often unfolds that way in surges, not according to an orderly and predictable path. That's how it was for Abraham. I love how Eugene Peterson translates a verse from 1 Corinthians 12. Each person is giving something to do It shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. What better way to describe the vocation of discipleship, of responding to the call of God that all of us are called to? What better way is there to describe the ministry that you were created for? The ministry of loving and serving others. Each person is given something to do. It shows who God is. It's at the heart of our identity as a congregation. I love how Thomas Merton put it. Each one of us has some kind of vocation. We're called by God to share in his life and his kingdom. Each one of us is called to a special place in that kingdom. If we find that place, we will be happy. If we do not find it, we can never be completely happy. For each one of us, there's only one thing necessary to be who God wants us to be. To be what God wants us to be. And there are so many voices and expectations that want us to be something else, something less than that. Can you imagine what if we all responded to God's call? What if we took seriously the truth that everyone is called to ministry, that everyone includes you? What could happen in our church? What could it mean to this community if we saw each other and ourselves as ministers of Christ? What would that do to our worship life, to our Sunday school program? What impact would that have on our mission outreach? What impact might it have on our budget? To be a Christian is to be called to serve others. It's to be called to be a force for healing and hope and reconciliation in our community and in our world. Whatever your age or situation or story. In London, there's a woman who goes every day to the London Underground, the subway system and sits on the platform just to listen to the announcement recorded by her husband in 1950. Margaret McCollum, after the death of her husband Oswald, would sit on the bench waiting to hear that recording that became one of London's most famous Mind the Gap messages. In 2003, Oswald died leaving a huge void in Margaret's life. So Margaret found a way, a creative way, to feel his presence. Every day, she would go to that bench on the platform, and she listened to his voice. And after more than half a century, over 15 years after he died, this voice was replaced by an electronic recording. Out of distress, Margaret asked for the cassette tape from the London Transport Company so she could continue listening to her husband's voice every day at her home. And after they became aware of this story, this moving history, the company decided to restore that announcement at the stop closest to where Margaret lives. And so now each day at the embankment stop of the Northern Line, countless passengers hustling to their destination, and Margaret sitting expectantly on the bench can listen for and hear her beloved Oswald's voice. Friends, we are all called by God to be part of the solution, to be builders of God's kingdom here on earth, to be part of God's effort To redeem and to heal to listen for and to respond to god's voice whether we are 75 as abraham was or much older and believe that the important part of our faith journey is behind us and not in front of us or At some other point in her life some other age or stage and feel that this is not the time to respond to the call of God the call to discipleship maybe that day will come but it has not come yet or maybe I responded to God's call in the past but right now I just have other things I need to focus on wherever we are God's word to us is simple and it's clear This moment is the sacred moment when God calls us, calls us for the first time, or calls us anew right here and now. For all of us, we are called to be loved and to love, to be shown mercy and to show mercy, to be forgiven and to forgive, to receive hope and to grant hope, to know joy, and to share joy, to feel peace, and to bring peace, to be made whole, and to offer wholeness. By our loving and almighty God, we are called. What was true for Abraham at age 75 is true for you and for me. The most important days in our journey with Christ are in front of us, Not behind us. Dare to know that it's true. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.